Yeah, and it's Friday! Whitey Gleason and Jay uh, with Kyle Draper still recovering from the bird flu. Hopefully, Kyle is back with us on Monday. Thank you for being with us today. Hope your holiday, whichever or whatever you celebrate, is going great. Uh, obviously, Kings fans celebrating today because the Kings with the win last night. And I've had the the privilege of being back here at Sackdown Sports for about the last half of this year. And in that time, over those six months, um, I made one of my best predictions ever and one of my absolute worst. And I think when you're talking sports on the radio, if you're going to you know, call attention to when you get something right, you also need to call attention to when you get something wrong. So if I may, uh, Chris Watkins and I, when I was doing the show with Chris during the, the late spring and the summer, we were making Bold Kings predictions. And at some point, probably August or so, I made a prediction about Keon Ellis. And I said, Keon Ellis is going to play more this year. I couldn't remember exactly what the prediction was, but I contacted Christopher Law today because he kept track of him. And he said, yeah, you said he was going to play more. So, I mean, it's a little vague. I didn't exactly, you know, uh, spell out any numbers or anything. But I that was pretty good. Hey, Keon Ellis is going to play more this year. He was great last night. Go ahead and so, throw it out there. Throw out a number. Just Let's pick one right now. 30 games. Uh, 30 game what? 30 games. He was going to play more. 30 yeah. in 30 games. Yeah. Yeah, so boom, you you've you're hitting right. it. You're going to get it. Yeah. So that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean cuz Keon Ellis, we didn't even know if he's going to be on the team. That's that right. That's pretty good. However, also made this prediction uh before the football season started for the website. Joe asked everybody or a lot of people, "Hey, make a prediction about the football season, bold prediction." So I predicted that the Chiefs would not win the AFC West this year, which that could happen. I predicted that the team that would win the AFC West would be Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh man, that is the worst prediction ever. You you wouldn't be alone though. Over the last three or four years, people have been wanting to pick the Chargers. They just haven't helped you guys out. Uh huh. Well, that was um, that was. I don't. It's hard to find words to describe. <laughs> that was just you know the the Raiders. Congratulations to the Raiders. But the Chargers, they just flat out quit, did they not? Yeah, they, I mean, you can tell over the last uh, – well, first of all, as soon as Herbert went down last yeah. week, their season was a wrap anyway. It was Christmas gift. Speaking of the season, it was a Christmas gift. It was a wrap. And so that team is done. 63, oh, man. man, that was 60, college style. A, a Raider team that did not score last – did not score last week. Six to nothing? They, throw they lost six to nothing last three week? Three to nothing. Three to nothing, that's right. Three then to nothing. Then they lose – they win sixty three to twenty. Man, that was a, a any 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 type of language or word that you want to use to describe that last night. That's what happened to the to to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. They definitely quit though, Whitey. Yeah, and I mean to see your star quarterback go down, and you were kind of already having an uphill battle. You know, lost a lot of close games, which they it seems like they've done over the last since Brandon Staley's been there. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's over. Roll the credits, right? As we saw today, it's yeah. over. So he and the GM fired. So a lot of people are saying, "Look, if you're the LA Chargers now, because you're in LA, you got to do something really bold." Let me ask you this, Jay: If you had your choice of these three coaches, you're the Chargers, and we don't know if they'll have a choice of any of these guys. They may have a choice of these three. Let's say you got Bill Belichick, and he's like, "Yeah, they don't run on to on to Los Angeles. <laughs> they don't want him anymore, and you could get him. You could hire him, okay, or." Jim Harbaugh. You could, okay. you could get Jim Harbaugh, who yep, yep. played for the Chargers, used to coach college down there. Or let's say Dan Quinn um, is tired of just being, you know, the coordinator, coordinator to McCarthy in Dallas and decides he wants to be a head coach. If you could hire one of those three guys to be your head Ooh. coach if you're the Chargers, 
which way would you go? Well, for me, a distant, distance, distant third is is Dan Quinn. Okay. I, I want nothing right. to do with the Cowboys. Cross him off. Yeah, you can get out of here. Just because of the Cowboy thing. Well, I mean, I'm not. Look, they have a good defense, but it, it's nothing that I've never seen. It'd be a little different if. You know, they were allied to Miko Ryans or Robert Sala or Dan Campbell. You know, I, I mean, look, they've got good people. They got good players. Micah Parsons turns that into a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. You know, Diggs and all that. Deron yeah. Bland, former Sac State guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Bye. Okay. Peace out. You I'm can stay you there. Yeah, yeah, you can stay there. So you bring up the rear number three. Matter of fact, you don't even hit the podium, you feel. You, You're not you even finished pick- third, but it was disqualification. <laughs> so if he comes knocking or calls up the your office, you're not even taking nah, up the phone. Yeah, you stay down there with the star, right? Star right. Wars. Right. For me, though, it, it's, it's interesting. I would say this, Whitey. If you could talk to Belichick, because don't get it twisted. He's right on the precipice of having the most wins ever. He still wants to coach if, if the Patriots, I think he's 17, 18 games away from Shula. He's going to coach. He's definitely going to coach. And I think he has a little point to prove in the fact of most detractors are saying now, aha, we told you, you didn't have Brady. You right. got TB12. So he's very motivated. Yes. If, if I sat down with Belichick and had a discussion to say, listen, you are the coach and not the GM. We'll give you more input because you're Belichick. Right. But I, the buck stop with, stops with the GM. I'm taking Belichick over Harbaugh. I am too. I'm and I like you. Harbaugh. I really, really like Harbaugh. Really like I like Harbaugh as a college coach. I think he he resonates in college way more than the pros. I think he is a, a teacher. I think he's a player's coach. And player's coaches don't always work in the NFL. But I really like Harbaugh and what he brings to, to to Michigan and college. And quite frankly, I want to see him win a national championship so I could hear the naysayers what they have to say. Like he deserves to win something soon. He wears people down. You yes. know, as a college coach, it's okay because you don't you only have your players for three, four years yeah, tops. Yeah. Whereas at the NFL level, we saw it here, the battles that he had with the 49er front office, and eventually things start to collapse. But yeah. you know what, Whitey, not to cut you off, I think he has learned from that. Maybe. And I think yeah, what maybe. you hear from and you He's read. He's an odd guy. He is. He's but an odd guy. When he went back to college, I was like, oh, to come from the pros, to go back and, of course, go to Michigan. He's a Michigan man. He seems to light have lightened up. Maybe. He seems to have kind of gotten to the mode of, you know, I got to be a little quirky. I have to kind of be hardball compared to where he was uh, when he was at Stanford and San Francisco. I say that to say I really think he has learned to loosen up. I think he has learned to be a little more lighter. I think he has learned that it's not all about him, as you see with like Sharon Moore and, and guys like that around him now. You know, Mike Hart running back coach up that way. I think he's learned to be a little more happy-go-lucky. Maybe so. I think he's always been, as a head coach at the NFL level anyway, kind of almost paranoid, and he's wanted to keep a lot of things in-house and just never wanted to say anything. I remember when I was at the station in San Francisco, we had Rod Woodson would come in, and he would do a lot of the shows, and he'd feel, and I got, he's a great guy. You know, Rod Woodson, a great uh, safety. He was doing a show, Rod Woodson was, with somebody, and they interviewed Harbaugh, who at the time was the coach of the 49ers. They used to be teammates on the Ravens. Mm. And so they're talking, and at the end of the interview, they go, all right, thanks, Jim. And Rod Woodson says, that's not the same guy. That's not Jim. Wow. 
because he, you know, and you can imagine a quarterback who's your teammate and then he's the head coach. So maybe you're right. He was very odd in San Francisco. Obviously, he had a lot of success. success. Yep. Maybe he's learned, but because to me, he still is the type of guy that I think may have a short shelf life. Hmm. I mean, not the Belichick can coach forever either. True. But I'm with, I think if I'm the Chargers, after I talk to him, as you say, I think I would roll the dice with Belichick. Yeah, I think he he just he he coincides with the NFL a little more than college. Like right now, when I I mean, than Jim Harbaugh, when I look at Harbaugh, I think he's a great coach, and I think he has gotten greater because of what you kind of what we're talking about. He wins everywhere. That's yes. for sure. Oh yeah, he's definitely a winner when it comes to coaching. I think he he's he's kind of took the foot off the gas in certain aspects and understands you just can't you know you can't be one hundred and ten percent all the time. Belichick to me hasn't learned that. I think he has he doesn't resonate as much with the younger generation. True. On the field, in the practice facilities, you know, like when you hear people talk about Belichick outside of football, it's like the dude is a you know, it's Bob Saget, he's a comedian. You know, he's Mike Epps, but when you talk to him about when he's you know, inside the lines or inside the arena, the stadium or whatever, it's a you get a different Belichick and so I think for me in the NFL, you're bringing them to LA. You get the, you know, you get the, you get the, the guns out, <laughs> the suns out, the guns out, and Belichick in LA would be kind of hilarious. I like to see it. Right? Who do you think of those two? What's your guess? Which guy would help you sell more tickets? Hey, Charger fans, our new head coach, Jim Harbaugh or Bill Belichick? Harbaugh. Probably, huh? Yeah, because he's going to get out and do the commercials and be in the community. Like, when the last time you heard Belichick slide into a concert? Yeah. I mean, it happens because we've seen it. And we hear other, you know, we hear a lot of his players talk about, like, oh, man, if you knew Bill, he's a, he's a jokester. And he goes to the concerts and, you know, he goes to the Celtics games and people love him. He's, he's talkative. I'm like, eh, I have a, a tough time. I have yeah. a really tough he's time. He's seen, uh, rightly or wrongly, as like, yeah. Been there, done that. His time has passed. Whereas Harbaugh's more like, yeah, here we go. Yeah. I think he would say more. And I it. think that, again. But I would hire either one of them. Oh, I, come on, sign me up. I, I think Harbaugh being in college resonates a little more with the youngsters. And you don't want, you know, there's not many 35 and 36-year-olds on a, on a football team anymore. You know, there's a lot of 21-year-olds and 23-year-olds and 25-year-olds. And that's where Harbaugh's come from. Mm-hmm. In this situation for Harbaugh, if he went to the Chargers, it would be similar to the 49ers situation in that they have a lot of talent on the roster. Oh, yeah. They've been oh, yeah. undercoached, but yes. and that's what happened when he came to San Francisco, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think he – one thing about Harbaugh, man, is, as you said, he's a little quirky. He doesn't mind, he doesn't mind fitting in where he goes. And you can see that, as you said, San Diego to the Bay Area – to you know, to Michigan now, and it's mm-hmm. just kind of one of those things. Like he kind of put you can put him anywhere. He's a chameleon with certain things. I remember I may have mentioned this to you before. I was doing an interview with him on the radio, and he's a tough interview because you gotta just you can't leave him any kind of opening for anything. And we were talking about special teams, and I said, Coach, do we as fans sometimes fail to appreciate the hidden yardage of special teams? And he goes, I don't know, do you? <laughs> <laughs> that was his answer. That was his answer. Okay. So you better ask those closed-ended <laughs> questions yeah, there, Whitey. Keep you on your toes. That's for sure. Uh, when we come right back, the most impressive thing about the Kings win. And the one thing about Draymond that everybody agrees upon. That's next year with the Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports. Sports. Yeah, big win for the Kings last night over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Before we get back to the Kings. 
Jay Johnson, Whitey Gleason. Uh, we just talked about that game last night, the NFL game, from the Chargers' perspective. Jay, what do you think of it from the Raiders' perspective? Do they Have they found their head coach of the future? I think he, he's got to be in the running, don't you? Sure. Yeah, I mean, look at the results compared to what they were doing. Yeah, I, I do think with names like Belichick and Harbaugh and Dan Quinn and a couple of other guys that are going to be out there, you got to at least do your homework. You know, you can't, even if you sift through, you know, we, we've we both been to, been to college. I didn't read a lot of those books. I sifted through. <laughs> I did the college, the good old college try. I, I <laughs> skimmed. Yeah, I skimmed. Yeah, well, you could keep them on staff. Uh, and give him a, you know, make him a coordinator or something. He'd still have elevated status from where he was. Yes. Uh, Harbaugh would make a great Ooh. fit for the Raiders because Man. he used to coach there, but he would destroy Mark Davis. He would eat him for Think breakfast. Think he'd run over him? Well, if they ever had Belichick any. Belichick, too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I could see Dan Quinn doing that as well. He's kind of <laughs> tough minded, you know? Uh huh. It it's going to take a certain type of cat to, to coach and. Kind of like what we're saying with AP, Antonio Pierce. It's going to take a, t- a certain type of cat to coach in Las Vegas and coach for Mark Davis. Yeah. You know, Mark Davis isn't really hands-on, but he he's around now. Now that it's in Las Vegas, you know, you see him rocking at that, uh, that Elmer's glue white coat here and there. You know, he hair cutting and changed a little bit. He was last night, right? <laughs> he was like, wow, you did see that? Woohoo! Yeah, I, I mean, I like what Antonio Pierce brings. You know, toughness, like-minded. He he he's all about business. He's always been that since the Giants and other places he played. I think he 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 should be part of it. You know, and I think he's 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 kind of knocking out. You know, the the tryout right now. Yeah, I think so. I think Mark Davis, assuming that you know anything short of a total collapse the last four games, Mark Davis would probably go. Yeah, I mean, we're getting an identity again, and he's kind of revitalized. The team and gotten us back in touch with what it means to be a Raider and the Raider mystique. So I wouldn't be surprised if they if they do hire him full time. And he kind of he kind of portrays the Raider, yeah. You know that the, just the the That's, look, yeah. the feel, right. the shield. He you seems know, we like talk about a the Raider. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Which don't say that again, Whitey, on this show. Come on, man. I know this what? is your show and all, but don't say what, man. Raiders. Well, I'm sorry. Man, we we like don't care one. about. He seems no like more. a Raider. I I'm not a Raider fan. I know when they left. I'm just a hater. Yeah. I uh, I was hoping they lose every game once they left. Now I don't really care. Yeah, was- yeah, I get you. I mean, the fact of the matter is, you're taking you know slim pickings and, and leftovers, and we're not even talking about the night after. We're talking about five days. Just throw that out the refrigerator, leftover yeah. Jimmy G. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Shouts out to them. <laughs> I forgot about Jimmy G. Isn't it amazing? They have too. <laughs> how many teams have gone through so many quarterbacks this year? Oh, uh, injuries today. Yeah, injuries. The the. Vikings and the Browns. The Vikings when Mullen starts, it'll be there. He'll be their fourth starter. And the Browns have already had four, four. different starters at quarterback. This Giants. Year. Yeah, I think they've had three. It's mm-hmm. just insane, and it's one reason why I think as a product, the NFL this year has been all over the place. Right? Yeah. Tennessee and some terrible right. games. Tennessee, Atlanta. Uh huh. Uh, Seattle now. Atlanta's going to win a division. You think so? Well, I mean, I said maybe. You think so? <laughs> I think I'm still going with the Saints. I would too. Yeah, I think that the Saints have had two two different quarterbacks. That's a, Atlanta's interesting. Tampa they, Bay actually may win that. Yeah, it could be Baker and company. Yeah, there there are there have been a lot of quarterbacks. Chicago, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You know they've played two or three up there. Trubisky and, and Pickett, of course. Chicago. And then you got Burrow gets hurt. Yeah, it's like oh well they're done. And then Jake Browning. 
is they're they're back in the playoff picture. Absolutely. Since he started. That's so. what we do in Sacramento. Yeah. Come on, we bring out the best. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's one of the games tomorrow is the Bengals against the Vikings. Yes. Uh, but we'll be more concerned. Arizona. Yeah. And you're right, man. There have been a lot right. of quarterbacks who have been hurt one way or another. And you got to really be paying attention to know who some of these guys are, right? Absolutely. Casual fans like, I don't, I don't know who that is. Yeah, it looks like Houston's <laughs> going to have David Mills that's back. Right. That's after right. After C.J. Stroud. Uh-huh. You know. That's man. too bad because that's a that's been a cool story. Yes, Maybe it has. Yes, it has. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll be more concerned tomorrow, of course, around here with um, the Kings and the Utah Jazz. Uh, people are wondering about Laurie Market and what's going on with that. We'll get to that, uh, I think, this hour coming up on whatever we're hearing about Laurie Market and potential availability. Uh, but to me, the thing that was impressive about the Kings last night is they built up a third-quarter lead, and it was tough building that lead because the Thunder were getting to the foul line again and again and again, and then OKC came back, and the Kings did not – they did not wilt – uh, they did not fade. They did not lose their composure. Ended up posting a really uh, impressive and a really important win down the stretch. Oh, absolutely. I, and if nothing else, it's you beat OKC. Yeah. And they will be a team that you're going to have to look, you know, look next to or up or down when it's all said and done. But they're going to be right there at the end of the season. They're young. They have a star, maybe two, maybe three, depending on who you mm-hmm. speak to. Mm-hmm. And um, they're going to be there. It, but you know the one thing about the Kings? They play OKC well all the time. They it's seem a good to match. beat them. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good matchup for them. It, and it, it starts it's with interesting. Sabonis. Yeah. Yes, it's very interesting. And so OKC doesn't have the Kings' number. It seems like the Kings have OKC's number. I think it's eight in a row now. Yeah, but yes. But I think they'll still be there. They'll be there you know, down the stretch, and you're probably going to have to battle them. You know, one way or another when it comes to a uh, playoff seating. Yeah, it's kind of a barometer of how difficult a time the Kings are going to have with another team when you look at the Sabonis matchup. If they're playing somebody that gives Sabonis fits, wow, could be a long day for him. But uh, he, so far, is just much more physical than Holmgren. Holmgren's a great player, great young player so far. But in two games, I mean, Sabonis has just physically has dominated him. Well, yeah, I, I would uh, – and this no disrespect to Chet. I would right. imagine you could probably go out there and post him up a little bit, Whitey. I, he's probably. real thin. He's very real thin <laughs> at this point. He likes to play with the ball, you know, on the outside a little bit more than on the block, which is just about almost everybody in the NBA at this point. He's going to hoist up the threes. You know, he wants to go to the cup a little bit. And uh, he, he plays off the ball, of course, when you have SGA. But mm-hmm. I, Domas – it's interesting you say that because I've never really looked at it. This team goes as Domas goes, and that's kind of what you just said in a way. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's just it's a good barometer. I'm, I'm, it's not the be all end all, but what's the matchup like? Is Sabonis is he going to be uh, out physical, or hmm. does he have a chance to be the more physical guy? Sometimes that's a real good indicator as to what kind of matchup it is to me for the Kings. Yeah, that's that's a great point, man. You know, I've never. As much as I've sat down and thought about the Kings in 26 different ways every single night and every single way that we can try to create a topic, I've never thought about that. I don't know why. I've never thought the barometer of the Kings operates how Domas's you know, matchup versus a Zubat. Even though we know when there is someone who's a little got a little girth, a little bigger, mm-hmm. who's a little more physical, he definitely has you know a little more difficult time. But I also think. You know, he 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 can out-hustle some of those guys, too, because a lot of times when you're a little bit bigger, Domas is just a little more skilled and faster as well. Um, I, I truly, you know, 
tell me what you think about this, and you mm-hmm. can jump in on this nine one six three three nine eleven forty. I think Domas, as I started the show saying to you, is pretty much what I thought he would be coming into the season. And I'll recap it. I believe he's always going to be pushing a triple double. You said plateaued, but I don't. That sounds like a negative, but yeah. if he's plateaued as an all-league player, that's not a bad thing. Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, you, you, look, you can only, beside an all-league player, you can only be a, a, an absolute superstar. And there's a, there's a handful of those guys, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and we may see De'Aaron starting to bud into a superstar. But as much as Domas is, you know, we want from Domas on a nightly basis— he pretty much brings what I kind of think he's going to do every single night. Now, I think most people would argue about being pushed around, playing more you know, defense when it comes to being more physical, and I think some people would argue they would like to see above 20 points rather than below 20 points. But see, me personally, I'm okay with Domas putting up 18, 11, and 6. Like, that's perfect. And so my question to you, Whitey, is this. If Domas doesn't score 20 every single night, because he's not averaging 20, but he he's he's pushing a triple-double every single night, are you okay with that? I'll or are you it. always looking for more in the box score? I'll tell you exactly what I think of that. I thought about that a lot as well. So my answer and your answer at 339 uh Coming up here with the Drive Guys on Sacktown Sports. Haven't heard that one in a while, Jay. Is that uh, cult of personality? You are right, my man. Name that tune. Yeah, 1989, something like that. Could you wow. do name that tune? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I can name that song in two Two, two, what, two sounds, two Bob, or so, two, two notes. notes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of newer stuff that I I probably would uh, come up short in. You would need um, 36 notes. Why, why? I don't have any idea what the answer is. Why are there so many so, uh, shows on this mass singer, the mystery singer, the best singer? Have you noticed how many of them? There's one oh, yeah. where they, they have somebody sing, and then I only know this from watching football games, and they have the promos on. And then it's like apparently a family member. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Does that mean that you have to guess who their famous? Yes. Sibling I believe. Is? Yes. Okay. And then they always, you know, they only show the people's reaction. Like, oh, man, another singing show. Somebody's spending a lot of time trying to think of new variations of those singing shows. Same huh? thing like reality show. It's a there's a housewife of every city in America at this yeah. point. You know, there's a good girls club, a bad girls club, a bad guys club, or this club. I mean, it's just copycat. You know. There's uh-huh. so many different if people like shows that the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come on, Do you now. ever watch The Mass Singer? No. I feel like watching football, I see enough of it. I see, you know, like on a Sunday, I'll see like six minutes of promos for it. Like, and you're I'm good. good. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I can name that person. Yeah, yeah. That's T-Pain right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we've been talking about uh, Domas Sabonis. Uh, last night, Domas had, as you probably know, 18 points, 16 rebounds, 7 assists, and the Kings win over the Thunder. And Jay has a question as to whether the amount of productivity we're getting from Domas is is sufficient? Is yeah. that what we're kicking around? Yeah, because I think most Kings fans and a lot of our listeners, they their gripe about Sabonis is he should be giving more. He should give more. And I think when I say that is just sheer numbers, you know. I mean, he's at 18, 12, and 7. 
18.4, you know, he's shooting 40% from three, 67 from free throw. Now, I like to see that 70 and above because yeah, the ball's be in his hand. Absolutely. There's but 40% from the three-point line for him now, again, he's not taking that much, you know, that many. But the fact of the matter is, is I believe he's doing what he needs to do. Now, of course, if you want to argue and say, I would like to see that 18.4 at 20, I can take that. But the reason I asked this question to you, Whitey, and to the listeners is this. I think those two points are under a magnifying glass because we're not getting those two points from Kevin Herter, who's down four, almost four points, and from Keegan, who's still at the same 13 points that we thought he would take another, you know, four more points. And so I think it's kind of one of those things where he's, you know, he's kind of taking the grunt like, or as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, HB is taking the grunt of, yeah. you know, those extra two, three little points that Domas, we're, we're all craving for Domas to have. It, we're not getting that from others, and I think the pressure is going on Domas. I think that cuts both ways. I think there's an upside to that and a downside. Um, first, though, to to just address the, the the question overall, there was a stretch recently where Domas, his numbers were up. I remember saying, and I was talking to Jerry Reynolds, Jerry Reynolds was in, and I was saying, you know, I thought last year, as you said, Jay, you know, that's about the best he could do, but I think there might be another gear there. And Jerry, his opinion, he said, you know, I think ultimately – He's going to end up right where he always ends up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's he's very consistent, which is great. Uh, and so far, it looks like Jerry is right. But to your point, all right, Sabonis, 18 points. And when you got Barnes and Herter not producing, would you like him uh, to score a little more? Well, the thing is, he's so hyper-efficient, 18 points on 13 attempts. That's fabulous. Yeah, if he took a few more threes, maybe he could score a few. But the good side of that is, if you do bring in somebody... Throw in the name. I'm not talking about the names, but, you know, whoever, you bring in somebody who can score. Lori Markinen or Zach Levine, whatever. You know the way Domas plays. He's going to continue to play the way he plays. He will complement that additional score. It will not really impact him because he's so efficient. He's going to get his. So I, I don't know that we want him out of his comfort level uh, in an effort to, hey, need to, Domas to score more points. I mean, he played 40 minutes last night. He took the 13 shots, and he was hyper, hyper efficient on the chat here, uh, the YouTube chat. Also, you can text us, 339-1140, 1-800-920-1140. Thank you, Beamer Beams or Beamley says, I'm not going to question a guy that had his, has his own Seven Nation Army chant. Uh, it's a pretty cool chant. Scooter916, I need at least 20 to 22 to 25 points out of him every night. That's obtainable if he improves his free throw shooting. I'd like to see him more from the mid-range. He could easily average 25 a night. I see where you're going, Scooter. I don't know how easy it would be because, for one thing, I think he'd have to take – now, you said mid-range. I think, Jay, for Sabonis to really up his average, I think he'd have to start taking more of the threes. Mm-hmm. And he's showing lately he can make it. But you can see it every time he gets the ball. He does an up fake. He brings it back down. He just is not really comfortable shooting that shot. He's working on it. He's taking, what'd you say, a couple of games, mm-hmm. and he's shooting them at a high percentage. But you can tell he's like, he makes one is one of two, and he's like, I'm good. But you know what, though, Whitey, and this is my thing. Why does he have to be comfortable? That's not his game. I mean, if he if he progresses to the point of a la Brooke Lopez, mm-hmm. who started on the block and it has expanded his game, then okay, yeah, more power to him. Then he should get paid, and he should be an all-league guy, which he already is. What and shouts out to Ken who just called and can't jump on because he's uh he's at work. But as Ken is saying, 
what more could this man possibly do in the fact that he is carrying the team in many yeah, ways? Right. I mean, he's putting up 12, 12.4 rebounds a game. Led the league in rebounding. I last mean, year. yeah. Again, and it looked like he's going to do it again probably mm-hmm. this year. He puts up almost a triple double, like triple double because Russell Westbrook did it for so much. I think it's almost lost the luster. And now we see Jokic and, you know, a bunch of guys are getting closer to triple doubles every night, it seems like. So mm-hmm. the luster is down. But, man, if you're putting up a triple-double almost every night, and I'm off what I, I say a couple, like you said, some people want them to score 22, 25, that's a couple of buckets. If we're asking for two or three more buckets, I'm not saying he can't go get that, but I'm also saying he's also giving two or three of those buckets away because he's getting close to a triple-double, averaging seven assists. Now, if he wanted to, he probably could go get 25. Yeah, yeah. And so that's my point of it is is – I think he is where we need him to be, which is almost averaging a triple-double every single night. Some nights he's going to give you 25. Sometime, some nights he's going to give you 18. Some nights he's going to give you 15 rebounds. Some nights he's going to give you 10. Some nights he's going to give you 11 assists. Some nights he's going to give you 5. I'm not arguing that. It's time to start to look around to some of the other people. By the way, he put could be averaging a triple-double if Kevin Herter was hitting more shots. That's true. That if Keegan Murray was hitting total. more shots. Yeah, If you're HB right. was hitting more shots. Yeah. If Davion Mitchell was hitting more shots, right? Uh-huh. So that's my point of it is, is the dudes are all lead triple-double averaging type cat. What more do we need from He's him? He's a triple-double machine. He is. He's never averaged 25. He's averaged more than 20. Uh, to your point, could he average 25? Maybe. Does he care? No. Nah. And that's why he's such a good fit. You know, you see him at times carry the team, and then they get to the fourth quarter. I, this, I marveled at this last year. They would run the offense through Sabonis for three quarters. Then the fourth quarter comes, and it's fourth quarter Fox time. And you know what? A lot of guys in the league wouldn't care for that. And Domas is like, yep, I get out of his way. He's a perfect fit for this team. Oh, perfect. Because of these things that we're talking about. Yeah, it's it's – it's one of those things that I ask that question is because it's kind of one of those things when you are a all-star, we're asking everything from you. And it's, I get it. You get paid the most money. It's kind of been the HB argument from a lot of people. It's like, look, he gets paid to be the, the third best player on this team for the most part. And he's not giving third best player production. And for that, I can look, I have to take a step back and say you're hundred percent correct. With Domas, he is giving all-star level production. He is giving all league production. Yeah, you might want three, four more points. That 20 looks better. Don't get me wrong. 20 looks better sure. than 18.4. But I'm also saying, as you said, he's efficient. Now, last year he was at 61%. He's at 56%. Dropped off just a pinch. That's a pinch. Mm-hmm. That's a bucket or so, you know, every single night. But guess what? Now teams are prone towards him a little more. You know, and that's why I say the others around him, they've got to pick it up. They they absolutely have to pick it up. Yeah. And that's why I asked that, proposed that question is because I think a lot of people expect a lot from De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. But both of these guys, for the most part, are giving what you need. Yep. They really every, are. For the most part, every night. And then you really see, like a couple nights ago against the Clippers, when one of them doesn't, and in that case it was, well, neither one of them was great, but Fox had a bad game. The Kings can't win. Yes. One of those guys has a bad game. It's right. tough exactly. for this team right now to find a way to win. Exactly. Why, Whitey, which is the my point is this, and I propose this question to, to put the others under the microscope a little bit. If we started this season 
and we took a poll, and I asked you and Drapes, and I took a poll to the listeners and the fans and went down to Golden One Center and, and just stuffed the ballot box, asked, do what you can. Would you believe Keegan Murray would average more than 15 points this season? What do you think would have came out? Uh, I I had him a little higher than that. There it was. Yeah. I thought he'd be around 16, 17, 18. 16 to 18. He's mm-hmm. at 13 right now, mm-hmm. which is basically what he did last year. Kevin Herter put up 15 last year. He's at 11. He's not playing well. He's not shooting well. He and Barnes are right now, you know, no one wants to say it. The team's winning and everyone loves them and they play hard. They're really not playing well. HB's at 11 a game. Yeah. And it's, you know, three and then 33. And then, yeah, it's really inconsistent. So my point behind that is this. If we're asking Domas for four more points, four more points, really, Really, too. We want him to be 20, 20, 12, and 7. That's really just make your free throws. I mean, but then we're we're asking, we're not asking these other guys who have slipped, their numbers have slipped, and then we're asking Keegan just to t- mm-hmm. go up two points just like we're asking Domas, mm-hmm. and it hasn't happened. So we're looking for two to four points from three other guys, but we're, we're putting all the pressure on Domas to put two more points up. Are that makes sense. Yep. Are the Kings going to have to go out and get somebody? If they do, who are they going to have to get? Well, Jay's trying to take me someplace in a trade rumor. I'm not sure. I want to go there, board. but I don't know that we should. Uh, we'll see what we can do about that next year. Drive Guys on Sacktown Sports. Thanks for being with us. Hopefully you got uh, everything in order. Shopping done. Yeah, right. Got your tree up. Got have your you started? Huh? Have you started? No. Okay. Well, I mean, if thinking about it, is part of planning for it, which is part of starting. Yeah. Then you've started. Yeah. Done the research. Right? That's an important... Well, I've finished it. I've started the research. <laughs> That's a very important part of it. Is it not? It is. Yeah. You, I mean, to know where you can get the best buy, absolutely. Why not? You know how it is. It's like it's almost a passive-aggressive strategy. You back yourself into a corner where, where it's like, well, there's no time left. I'll have to get this at this place. I have no choice. Yeah, it's, that doesn't always work out to it the best. <laughs> I've realized that, you know, it's like uh, I'm definitely not the person that starts in July. I'm not the person who starts in October. You know, I'm like, eh, eh, I, 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 I get to it. This was really embarrassing. I felt really bad about this years ago. You know, I went to the the mall. I think it was Sunrise Mall. And I was looking for something Ooh, for my wife sunrise. to something to to wear, which okay. I'm not, you know, an expert in anything. I, like, I want to get her something nice to wear. So, and my wife is kind of smaller. And so I'm looking at all this stuff and I'm looking at the sizes like, oh, small. And it's huge. And I'm like, what is going on here? Everything was so big. Um, and as even the smalls, like, I don't understand what's going on. So I go to the woman uh, and I say, I'm so sorry. I'm looking for something. My wife, I can't find the size. She says, um, this is woman's world. This is for a larger <laughs> Oh, you in the wrong <laughs> store, brother. Women. And she she goes, yeah, you might want to go to this place. I felt I didn't know, and I felt bad. I had no idea, but I was wondering why in the world was everything so well, large? I was the small, the medium. Yeah, small, the large. I got yeah. you. You're, yeah. you're in the wrong store, Whitey. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a little embarrassing, like, brother. Small, I could wear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you live and learn. Do I don't mean to put you on the spot here? Look, real quick. Do you know the wife sizes? Meaning like shoe size, dress size, all that type of stuff. Um, small. <laughs> That's pretty much what I'm going with. In some cases, in some cases, petite. Yeah. Okay, okay, I got you. <laughs> what about shoe size? Yeah, that's a good question. That's I a no. That's that. a. <laughs> 
I'm going to say, and you know, I'm sure I've heard. I probably, probably somewhere in my guy. mind, yeah. if I went like, if I went to a hypnotist, he could, <laughs> could pull he it could back. draw it out of me, you know, or I'd come out of it. And you go, okay, six and a half, you got it. All right, great. Okay, all right. I, I hopefully you? she's not. Yeah, no, for wife, the most part, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow, I do. That's good. That's yeah, impressive. I mean, you, you, yeah, you gave me a new goal. Well, no, 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 no. Don't be like me now. No, be no, like I yourself. Feel, that's I I appreciate that. It's like, wow, I should know that. Yeah. Well, well not necessarily if it's gotten you this far. Look, you can teach me. How long you've been married? Long time. Yeah, there it goes. Very, very, I'm, very, I'm very, due very, to the game right here, very, brother. Very, very, very many, I'm a fresh many. fish. I'm I'm freshly caught out the water. How long have you been married? Uh be one year. We got married last really? two two Augusts oh. ago. So August was our first anniversary. So, yeah, about a year and a half or so. Well, not a year and a half, but a year and whatever. Yeah, four months we're away. about the same. Next June will be 39 years. Yeah, we're about the same. Yeah, You're about yeah. right. That's about as long as I've been on this earth, brother. <laughs> you got married when I was born. How yeah, about that? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. I, um, speaking of acquiring things, I think anybody who looks at the Kings right now objectively would say, hey, nice team, doing some good things. They probably could stand to add somebody. Right? I think anybody would say that. Yes. Yeah, depending on who it is and what it would cost. And we know that um, some of the names that are available include the guys from Toronto, maybe Zach Levine. What is this about? Again, Jay Jay is the one who is dragging me down this road. <laughs> I don't want to go there. Lori Markkinen, what is that about? Because he's going to be here tomorrow, right? Yes, he's going to be here. And he, he might get a decent ovation. All of a sudden, right. his ovation may change. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> it may go from a, a few boos to a few more hand claps come tomorrow at the G1C. Yeah, Look, I was, you know, scouring the net and Jake Fisher, a respected NBA insider for Yahoo Sports, used to be with Bleacher Report. And, and you said he used to come on the yeah, show. Yeah, he used to come on until, the show. Until I got this. Well, <laughs> we just haven't had the opportunity in time. I'm going to try to write, reach out to my boy JF and, gotcha. and get him on next week, but he, he had a few little tidbits about Sacramento Kings, and it seemed like every team, every every player that the Sacramento Kings were in on, the Indiana Pacers were in on. Like, they're both looking yeah. for the same type of player, you know, which seems like the whole NBA is looking for a 3 and D, a wing, a, a big guy who can, you know, stretch the floor, play off another big guy, you know, that type of situation. And so, Laurie Markkinen, I guess, according to a general manager who familiar with sources, familiar with the situation, has said Lori Marketing may be there for the taking. And, of course, Indiana and Sacramento would be interested if he was there. And so, of course, like anything else, we, we started to think here on The Drive, guys, how does Lori Marketing fit in? And we mentioned his name a couple weeks ago. Um, and we, you know, I think he's been a name over the last year, year and a half that – Kings fans have been enamored, Whitey, right. of Lori Markkinen. Wouldn't you say that? Uh, yes. Okay. But here, and just to back up on what Jake Fisher wrote, quote, I don't think, dash, dash, it doesn't sound like Utah is actively trying to move Markkinen. But, Jake Fisher says, I spoke to multiple general managers who told me that when they called the Jazz, the Jazz are no longer saying that Markkinen is untouchable. Mm-hmm which is a pretty significant change from a year ago. Um, so, you know, that's a little bit of a stretch. There for the so, taking, Whitey. That's so, what I say. <laughs> as far as we know, they don't want to deal him, but they didn't say they wouldn't. So 
Blow him away. Yeah. Do I, we really? Okay, let's say he was available. Yes. Let's say Danny Ainge calls like, hey, what do you want to give us for marketing? Do we want Laurie marketing that much? He, again, not a great defender. Nope. And that's what this team needs. Marketing is tough because I think he's a good ball player. I think he is valued more in the league and from fans more than he may be than what he produces. And it could be, you know, he's just a big man who can do who can do certain he's things. He's a good player. And he, very yeah, he's, a, yeah. he's a good player, absolutely. I'm not sure. And this is how I look at it all the time, Whitey. I'm always looking for a player I think I can win a championship with. And, of course, there's tons of players throughout the league that everyone could call in or chime in or text in or YouTube or whatever. You could fight me and say, well, we don't know because they haven't won a, a championship yet. Mm-hmm. And totally get it. But I'm going to trust my eyes. You know, and I'm going to trust my opinion. And I think he's a guy I'm not sure you could win a championship with. I think you have to have some guys, you know, a top five superstar type. I think he's a great 3-4 type person. You know, I think he coming come to this team, he would be the, the third or fourth option, depending on how, you know, you, you value Keegan. He's, he's 26 years old. He's already been on three teams. <clears throat> um, and he's Tough. a fine player. He's averaging this year. He's at 24 points a game last year, 25-6. But he's a little on the – and his rebounding is at 8.6. He's more of a finesse guy. Yeah. And he's a good team defender. He's not a very good on-ball man-to-man defender. And I so that's the reason I just don't know that he's a great fit here. Yeah, I think that's more my issue too is his fit. He's not Domas because they play on two different levels, of course. Yeah. Doesn't bring a lot of toughness. Right, right. You know, uh, I think this team needs a, a lot more toughness and grit and grind. Mm-hmm. He has the production in certain areas that you need with this team. And, I, you know, I, I mentioned this last segment. I believe it's because some of the guys that we expected, some of the players we expected, aren't producing at the level we thought they would produce at. And so it looks enticing. Like, oh, you know, it's, uh, it, 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 it makes me think for sure. But I'm not sure I'd do it, depending on what would it, what it would take to get him. But wouldn't you, and I would, rather have Laurie Markkinen than Harrison Barnes? Absolutely. Starting? Yeah. Absolutely. So obviously, it's not as simple as a straight up. By the way, yesterday we talked a lot about Jeremy Grant. And Jeremy Grant is a guy that you could probably get if he's available. I decided ultimately I don't want him because... He's just not a good rebounder. You're out which on again him. speaks to yeah, mm. because he's been he's he does a lot of things well. He doesn't rebound. And I I need people that can do the dirty work on this team. Uh, can we agree on that? Like you said, some toughness, some rebounding, some defense. This team needs that. Absolutely. Doesn't yeah. just need guys that put up more numbers. And you know, the other thing for me, this key, this team, it sounds crazy, but I think they lack athleticism. I agree. I the length for sure, but nine times out of ten athleticism can make up for length. If you can got a person who go and get it, you know, Malik Monk is very athletic. He he looks the part. He can do a lot of different things, and he's not that big, right? He's a little slender and long, mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. his size. But when you talk about Jeremy Grant, we're starting to get to that. You know, that's why people bask over OG and Anobi and Pascal Siakam, you know, the Brandon Ingram. They're all kind of cut from that same cloth. 
And I think that's why, you know, Jeremy Grant entices me a little more than Lori Markin. Yeah, you know? I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think he's he brings enough for me, though. Like, this team needs a number three to win a championship. Well, then you get to the point where I'm not sure that guy's there. I agree. I don't think – I don't – and this is the other part of it. I don't think he's there right now, but I think he's going to be there – soon mm-hmm. and that's why i'm saying the kings have to you know it's tough to ask the kings fan to be patient after 16 years of no playoffs but to continue to build continue to build and i don't know if you're a zach levine guy i'm not i don't i like levine he, i i just don't think he fits in now that we've seen De'Aaron fox do what right. he does now right. if you would have when they signed him oh pfft, i'd have signed up for zach levine mm-hmm. but now i think they need someone a little closer down to the floor yep. jeremy grant brandon ingram you know mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i'll say this i heard a name today and i'm not i'm not you know whatever uh, I think Wait, it was uh, Bob, Bobby like, Marks. No, Bobby Marks okay. said this on ESPN today, and he was talking about Cleveland, who now has Darius Garland and Mobley hurt, and yeah. they're struggling, it looks like. Donovan Mitchell is a name that they're going to have to take care of with by next year when it comes to trade deadline. Now we're starting to talk mm-hmm. because I think he can play off the ball he definitely can the play air. off the ball. Yeah. And now we're talking about somebody who's like, okay, I can see a championship now. The weird thing about him is that all the talk to this point has been, you know what? At some point, they may have to trade him. Yes. Okay, if that's true, great. But there's been no talk of, hey, Cleveland wants to move him. It's all been, and Bobby Marks obviously knows what he's talking about. It's all been people saying, hey, keep an eye on that because something could happen. As far as we know, nothing's happened No, yet. no, no. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, just yeah, throwing that name out uh-huh. because, look, that's all we do is take off sources. Right? I think right? he's the type of person I'm looking for. Even though he's not long, I think he brings something else to this team. Athleticism, shot-making ability, a little grind, a little grit. Yep. Been there, been through the playoffs. Is a star, you know. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, well, and and you're right. I mean, that is a great source, and so is Emil Fergoso, our 49er insider. With all the injuries uh, on the defense of the 49ers, could they be in trouble this week against Arizona? We'll find out when Emil joins us next year. Drive guys, Sacktown Sports.